Hey fam, Tony and Bree back with you recording live Hello. from Mission Bible in sunny Orange County, California. It is graduation time and Woo-hoo. we have some big Wood Family news. We're kicking one of ours out. We are not kicking Yeah, well, it's out. one less mouth to feed soon. <laughs> Seriously, we're proud of him. Ethan graduated, officially starts at the Master's University this summer, so well done, buddy. We love you. And to the, all the other grads out there, congratulations. Yep. Today we're talking about, dum-dum-dum, the marriage sniper. Pride. pride and how to respond when our spouse is prideful a real problem in our home by the way because i have to deal with brie all the time she's <laughs> she's pretty prideful folks oh my uh, no one, not everyone life. can have a perfect husband like me right no but truly i am glad we are doing this pod because i was studying this topic for devotion with some women and it hit me how this topic is the root of so much pain for couples and how easy it is to see pride in our spouse but miss in ourselves <clears throat> I don't know what you're talking me. about. Of course it is. You ready for this, my love? I am. Ethan, ready? Let's do it. How dare you say that to me? What did I say? I don't know, but how dare you? Okay, before we jump in, would you be willing to share how you typically intro this for the gals? Sure. I just ask everyone if they can guess what topic it is. So I'll give a few hints. Like number one, we can't come to God with it. Mm. Number two, we can't serve others with, with it. it. Number three, we can't communicate properly with, with it. it. And number four, we can't resolve conflict with it. Do people usually guess by that point what it is? When there's chocolate on the when line. When there's chocolate on the line. That inspires everyone. <laughs> the answer we already gave it away is pride. And a subject like this called for the right song. And so I thought it was time for a little old school country. You'll remember the old school country. That's your... Oh my goodness. That's from your era, right? Totally. So let's get into this. And Date Night Fam, let me clarify up front. If you're tempted to X out of a pod on pride um, or go, I don't really struggle with pride, then you probably need to listen most closely. Mm -hmm. Um, This is something that destroys millions of lives and millions of marriages. And we're going to talk about it as really the root of all evil. And if we aren't content, if we're anxious, if we're bitter, if we're constantly frustrated with hubby, always at odds with friends and family, maybe gossiping, lustful, or quick-tempered, all of those sins blossom from the root of pride. And I know in our marriage, we can honestly say every personal, interpersonal struggle we've had, we think can be traced back to pride by either one of us or usually both. Yes. Just yesterday, we were having a conversation where you mentioned Uh you weren't happy with the place Mm. I put the dog bed. No, I was not. And we had quite the little discussion and Mm -hmm. I responded pridefully, not wanting to move it or forgive right away. And I am so thankful for God's grace. No comment. And mercy. Do you remember when I sawed our mattress in half? (laughs) You you think moving a dog bed's a big deal. I okay, so backstory on this. My wife tends to wiggle a little bit at night while sleeping. You know, real marriage stuff nobody ever talks about. (laughs) So year after year I'd wake up and then eventually we're having these long talks. But part of the reason a gal dreams of marriage is cuddling and the security of having hubby close and so sharing a blanket. Everyone So everyone understands. It's like a multi year discussion. Well one day Brie comes home and I've got my saw out and I'm hacking through our foam mattress. I wasn't angry or crazy. I was just calmly hacking through our (laughs) mattress calmly. And there's pieces of bed everywhere and Zeke looks at me like I'm a crazy man. And anyway, long story short, it didn't work. It just made the bed more unstable. And so, um, yeah, <laughs> thanks Ethan. Yes. Thanks buddy. So I'll just say we had an extended date night discussion and praise the Lord, save money to go down and buy a real bed frame and one of those twin setups. So, you know, the mattresses that are stuck together, but she wasn't waking me up. Anyway, we both had to put off pride on that one and really seek to serve each other and find a compromise. Yes. And it's... Yeah. 
it's not just the old days. Just last week, I told you the Holy Spirit was opening my own eyes on how much I'm looking for affirmation. And, mm. you know, to put in an air quote, it was a mind blower because I realized again, to quote Isaiah, that even my seemingly righteous efforts are but filthy rags. Mm. All right. Well, let's start. We're going to have two sections today. One will just be the problem and then one the solution. So let's start with the problem of pride and then we'll jump over to the solution. Would you read Proverbs 16, sure. 5? Proverbs 16.5 says, Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not go unpunished. Yeah, so let's allow that verse to simmer, and we're going to just go word by word. So he says, Everyone, no exceptions, who is proud, the Hebrew there is literally exalts or puts himself high, is an abomination, a disgusting thing, and is certain, no exceptions, that he or she will be punished, meaning cleaned out. So convicting. It is. It really is. Because if we're honest, pride is everywhere, and we're tempted to exalt ourselves virtually every minute of every day. So the question isn't, do I have pride, but where is where the do pride I, and how much pride? pride do I have? Yeah. A working definition of pride is focus on self. And some of the synonyms the Bible uses are conceited, boasting, arrogance, loftiness, presumption, puffed up, scoffing, or self-seeking. Andrew Murray writes powerfully, pride is the root of every sin and evil. Richard Baxter adds, pride is so undiscerned by most that even those who speak against it on the outside still cherish it on the inside. Mm. And I like J.C. Ryle. He says, watch out for pride in intellect, wealth, and even goodness. Nothing is so likely to prevent a man from heaven and Christ. And I love this quote from Stuart Scott in his little book, Pride to Humility. A person is prideful who believes that they, in and of themselves, should be the source of what is good, right and worthy of praise. Pride is a competitive toward others and especially toward God. Mm, that's powerful. Well, um, just that's one side of the coin though. The other side I tend to struggle with isn't a competitive or self-exaltation, but the opposite, which is self-pity, where we're too absorbed with a sense of failure or letting people yeah, down. Yeah, because that's still a focus on ourselves. You know, exactly. one is up and the other's down, but it's still focus on self. Yes. And that's what I was sharing in our leadership wife study, that pride isn't always the upfront self-promoting behavior, mm-hmm. but can also be the path of defeated self-pity behavior where we're not thankful for the sweet gifts and talents the Lord has given us, but instead get focused on, you know, not being really good. as good as someone yeah, else. Yeah, and both examples, self-promotion or self-pity, they're just all over the Bible, right? Yep, they do. From the very beginning, pride tempted Eve. Mm-hmm. And it says in the word, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. And the serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. So the pride there is that is Eve is having to make a decision. Am I going to trust the word of God or mm-hmm. trust my understanding and myself? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that continues throughout time, right? Nebuchadnezzar was filled with pride. Belshazzar was destroyed for pride. Herod fell over dead because of pride. Jesus indicted the Pharisees for pride. And John even tells us about the guy Diotrephes, who is ever going to be remembered in the annals of history for his pride to destroy a church. So the scriptures warn again and again and again, watch out for pride. Mm. Um, and I think all of those are beautiful examples of the verse that we just read, right? Um, that pride truly leads to our discussion, uh, our destruction every time without a miss. Amen. Well, let's get practical for everyone listening and ourselves. Uh, we are certainly not above this. Uh, we may get pride in theory and even hearing what we just read may get us thinking, okay, you know, maybe I do have a problem here. But how can we be sure? You know, what are we looking for, practically speaking, to kind of figure out if we have pride or not? Well, with the ladies, when we were doing the study, I just read a list called Manifestations of Pride from Stuart Scott's book because he lays out a 
bunch of examples, okay. which are great. Well, let's do that. Let's go back and forth. We'll okay. just lay them out. Um, and if anyone listening, date night fam senses struggle in the area, or maybe you're wondering if you're blind to it, um, hopefully this will help you see pride for what it is because it's so often easy to see it in others, but then miss it in ourselves. So let's mm-hmm. go through them one by one. Okay. Number one is complaining against or passing judgment on God. And this would be the attitude of look what God has done to me after all I've done for him. Mm, that's good. And number two could be a general lack of gratitude or thanksgiving because proud people always think they deserve more than they have. Number three is anger or moodiness because it reflects silent murder or dissatisfaction. And number four could be seeing yourself as better than others, where we're kind of on top of the pile, looking down at everybody, or at least we view ourselves that way. Mm -hmm. And number five is the opposite, focusing on your lack of gifts or abilities. And this is the self-pity we touched on earlier. Yeah. And number six is perfectionism, because people who strive for everything to be perfect often do so for recognition. And number seven is talking too much and often about yourself. And number eight is seeking independence or control because prideful people find it incredibly difficult to work with or for other people. And number nine is being consumed with what others think because prideful people care more of what man thinks of them than what Christ has done for Mm, them. That's good. And number 10 is being untouchable Mm. where you're a know-it-all and never learn anything from anyone and don't truly respect other people or their opinions and thoughts. Yes, there is so much more there on the list, but this is a tough one. And after doing the study for myself and then with Peyton and the ladies at church, I'm just constantly monitoring and more aware of the desperate wickedness in my heart. Even at Shep Wives, um, <laughs> I kept telling a friend how prideful I, I was and how much I was seeing it in my own life. Yeah. And I would say any true Christian who hears that list will stop in their tracks and the spirit will begin soul surgery because we're all mired in pride. Um, and if anyone hears that list and you're sitting there going, nah, I'm good. You know, <laughs> I think I got this down. You need to wake up. Mm-hmm. Because that means you're overrun by pride. And unless God does a massive wake-up call in your life, um, it could be real trouble real soon for um, your life. Mm -hmm. And right there is why this is such a marriage killer. Because I'll speak to the wives. If we've so elevated ourselves, our wants, our wishes, that we can't come down to discuss reality with our hubby, or conversely, if we're so passive or pitiful and bemoaning our existence that we can't come up to discuss reality in a God-honoring way, our relationship is at an impasse and it doesn't matter if our hubby's right, wrong, or even perfect, we're stuck. That's so good. The same thing's true for us guys. If we're so toughened and hardened by the man world that we can't come to see things from our wife's point of view or conversely, so passive and beat up and woe is me that we've thrown in the towel and just treat her as a roommate, we're stuck. Mm, And pride's the root of it all. It really is. So our prayer would be sincerely that if you clicked on the pod thinking, yeah, you know, I'd need wisdom to deal with my spouse's pride. Let's first look in the mirror and start with ourselves and make certain that the log is out of our own eyes before we even begin to think about dealing with theirs. Amen. Okay, let's make the turn from problem to solution and let's hit this head on. Once we have confronted the me monster of pride, before pointing the finger at others, we need a solution. And that solution is outlined so clear in scripture. We call that solution humility. Yes. Scripture demands we have an accurate view of self, specifically how great God is and how small we are and just how totally unworthy we are. Psalm 8 reads, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Who have displayed your splendor above the heavens from the mouth of infants and nursing babes. You have established strength because of your adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. 
When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you take care of him? And that is so opposite of everything we hear from the modern world. In modern humanism, where man is the God, sex is worship, the internet is evangelist, and the gym is church, that is exactly opposite of what the world wants us all to believe. It is. And the Bible is also clear that no matter who we are, what we've done, or where we've been, none of us Mm -hmm. are any better than another. Romans 3 is a favorite, and it says, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There's none who does good, not Not even even one. one. So the antidote to pride is constantly reminding ourselves, take those two verses, those two passages, and put them together, of all that God is and all that we're not. Absolutely. And that's what the Bible calls humility, the simple focus on God and others and putting ourselves last. Yes, Stuart Scott defines it as no need to be recognized or approved. And that's practical because we're all prone to look for recognition when we shouldn't be. Honestly, since doing this study, I'm amazed at how many things I do for approval, especially yours, my love. Mm. Even little things like reorganizing kitchen cupboards or making a meal for friends or even sweeping the porch. And there's this little mocking voice in my heart hinting that someone needs to see my service. But that is the exact opposite. I do see it and I'm appreciative, but... I love that. Don't do it for me. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power or wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. That's joining John the Baptist, who didn't feel worthy to untie Christ's sandals, but he said he must increase and I must decrease. And the Apostle Paul is one of my favorite examples, Mm -hmm. considering himself the chief of sinners and least of saints. And of course, our Lord, who took that towel and washed the feet of men who would deny and betray him. And right there, we're kind of moving this whole podcast forward here. And right there, thinking of Christ is where every true Christian says, okay, I want this. I'm reminded of all he is and all that I'm not. I want to put off pride. I want to put on humility. And then the next natural question comes, so how? Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm seeing this in me and I'm going, I don't want the pride and I do want the humility. I do want to be like my savior. How do I remove this monster that's destroyed? in my life and possibly my marriage. What would be your answer? Yeah, I think going back to Stuart Scott's list, but this time in reverse, instead of examples of pride, it's examples of humility. Read them, memorize them, ask the Lord for his help to live them out. Well, let's do it. Let's go one by one. You start. Okay. Number one is that a humble person regularly regularly Regularly. refocuses on God's character, meaning even in trials, he or she will thank God for doing what's right. That's good. And number two is a humble person sees himself as having no right to question God because he knows God is creator and he or she is creation. And number three is a humble person holds Christ as their first love, knowing that no matter who else harms them, Christ is more than enough. And number four is a great deal of biblical praying because they realize their total dependence on God's strength and goodness. And number five is being overwhelmed with God's undeserved goodness. And number six is being gentle and patient toward others. Mm. And this flows naturally because humble people appreciate how God treated them and therefore desire to treat others the same way. And number seven is having an accurate view of gifts and abilities, meaning he or she accepts any gifts they have are from God. And number eight is being a good listener because self is not their primary focus. And number nine, being genuinely submissive to authority because they respect the orders and institutions their Lord has set for them. And number 10, a humble person is retaining a teachable spirit 
even in correction, because they prefer others over self and want admonishment for improvement and never assume that they have arrived. So good. Well, honestly, love, when I read that list, I think of you. I, I know think you of don't. You I know. Love. I know. You don't know what to do with that, but I do. I, I hear these lists and I go, "Oh, that's my wife." At least you're not sawing mattresses in half. Okay, so <laughs> as long as you're not doing that, we're fine. Aww. Well, hey, we're almost out of time. Love, speak to the wives a little bit and the women hearing this for the first time. You maybe she's. You know, in a place where she realizes, oh, I do self-promote, or I'm talking a lot, or looking down my nose at others, or maybe she's on the other side, self-protecting, insecure, anxious, or whatever. What can she do? Where can she start? I'd say pick up Stuart Scott's tiny little book, Pride to Humility. It's like $7 on Amazon. Your hubby might even have the book, The Exemplary Husband. Mm-hmm. I think that book was just taken yeah, as a chapter part of out yep. of it. Mm-hmm. And he lays out a little plan. Uh, he gives, I think, 10 steps. I'm just going to name a few. But number one, pray on this issue daily. Number two, study the life of Jesus to gain a high view of God. Number three, spend a ton of time singing and praising God. Mm. And number four, practice intentional ways of serving your husband, children, church, and That's why, by the way, I blast my music all the time. (laughs) It reminds me to sing and praise. To the brothers, I'd start by saying, don't saw the mattress in half. Okay, so thank you, Ethan. Yes, let's not do that. But similarly, I'd say take a couple hours, write out any issues or frustrations you have about your wife, your boss, your coworkers, and then pray over it and see if some or many of those issues don't come back to your expectations, your desires, and ultimately pride. And if you begin to discover that you're isolating, boasting, exploding, or even drinking or whatever, um, it's all an outworking. Understand it's all an outworking of the elevation of self. And the same thing that Bree said, pick up the Stuart Scott book, begin praying on it, and study the life of Jesus. Because he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and yet he came to die. Mm, And one more thing I'd add is confess these things to one another. Nothing will build a marriage stronger than confessing sin and forgiving one another after you've gone to the Lord. Right on. Amen. Mm -hmm. And one last time, the book we mentioned by Stuart Scott is called Pride to Humility. It's a very short read. It's only seven bucks, but it'll refocus and re-inspire your marriage. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, from the Garden of Eden, Satan began to assault marriage, and he did it by playing tricks with our heart, making us think much of ourselves and less of you and less of our spouse. So please help us to put off pride and to put on humility, reversing the curse in our home so that our union may reflect you well. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Date night fam, we will be back in a week. If you've got questions on marriage, check out Tony and Costi Hinn's Fused series on the For the Gospel YouTube channel. And Feel free to send us any questions on the Instagram. As always, thanks to Ethan, our producer, everyone at Mission Bible Church. And until next week, keep living for the gospel and fighting for the family.